And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. Yeah, all right, lads? Super canny. Good, how are you doing? Oh, very, very good, thank you. How have your weekends been? Hodgie, you've been up to something pretty interesting this weekend, haven't you? I have. Long old day of driving, but went down to London to play some Aussie rules in a GB trial game against London's best players. We didn't win. (laughs) (laughs) We got beaten by all the really good Aussies down there. It was an absolute quagmire of a pitch. That seems a bit unfair. <laughs> They've been playing it all their lives and you're up against a team of Aussies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. I suppose if you're going to like a World Cup situation, it's something you're probably going to have to be prepared for, though. <laughs> yeah. Representing Team GB, you might have to play Australia at some point. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Can we not just select all those Aussies who play in GB for our GB team? Does that one of the best teams is Papua New Guinea because it's so close that loads of Aussies go live there <laughs> and then they just make their own team. <laughs> the Aussies don't actually play in Aussies. They're too advanced. They have their own tournaments to worry about. They don't worry about the minnows. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed for you in the selection leg. Hopefully we'll have an Aussie Rules superstar on our hands at some point when you don't get another concussion for about the 47th time. <laughs> I'll definitely stop then. <laughs> <laughs> I think until your brain gets rattled around your head one too many times. <laughs> I've had a really productive weekend. I managed to get Luton Town promoted to the Premiership at the first time of asking and I've gone very steady in the Premiership. So yeah, I've had a very productive weekend. All lasses away. You didn't even ask me. Well, what have you been up to? No, now that you're interested, not a lot yesterday. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Sunday roast today. Look, looking after a poorly puppy who managed to slice his leg open in with Dean. Well, I'm so glad I asked, like, my Luton Town story is far more interesting. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll start with our standard icebreaker question. Gray, who is your favourite Nobel Peace Prize winner? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Which simple food would you never eat? What would you describe as a simple food? Like you say baked beans, you're like always like, no, don't like baked beans. Yeah, or that's avocado, what I don't like Sorry. avocado. There's a long list. Is avocado a simple food? Yes. I'd, I'd say baked beans. Cause... Right, okay, Hodgie, which simple food would you never eat? Nothing, I'm a fat bastard. You are quite <laughs> fat, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Is there really nothing you wouldn't eat? I don't like celeriac. I don't like the taste of that sort of thing or like any licorice type things. But apart from that, I'm good to go. Celeriac. That's very posh, isn't it? Mm. You can tell Hodgie was a relief chef for a while, can't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mushrooms are the devil's food. I would not eat mushrooms 
Well, I probably would if you had a gun to my head. Really, it's not that big an issue. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd really prefer not to. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> How did he die? <laughs> there you go. Mushrooms, celeriac, and baked beans. I kind of get my head around baked beans. I had some of them today, Gray. They're a joy to eat. Well, I'm glad we've learned a bit more about each other now. Although we already knew that about Gray. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that a few episodes ago. But we move on. Before Hodgie puts a contract out on me, I should probably do the socials. You can find our podcast on most major podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, RLM ones like. Would really appreciate it if you could go on there, give us a follow and give us a five-star rating or review. That'll be champion. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast. Or you can find us on YouTube and Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Boom bow. Right. Should we talk about some football now? I think it's about bloody time. We are recording on Sunday the 19th of March, having just beaten Nottingham Forest in a 2-1 fabulous victory away at the city ground. New little segment, lads. I've prepared you for this, so you should all have your answers ready. Gray, I don't have much hope for you, but Hodgie will go to you first. (laughs) Could you please sum up that Forest win in three words, please? Not fucking offside. Right, I think there might be a few along (laughs) along that vein. (laughs) Gray, are you ready with your three words? I am, yeah. It's what I sent you on a Friday night, and it's Isaac is mint. We've got what? Isaac is mint, not fucking offside. I'm going to go with Ice Ice Baby, the way fucking Isaac finished that penalty in the 93rd minute. Oof! We'll move on. But yes, if you hadn't gathered already, or if you haven't seen the news, after quite a dominant display and a match riddled with controversy, we come away 2-1 winners, which bumps us back up to fifth in the Premier League within spitting distance of Spurs in fourth place, but with a fortunate position that we're in and that we have two games in hand. Hodge, do you want to give us your thoughts on the Forest game just straight off the bat? Well, we seem pretty dominant if you look at the stats. 62% possession to us, 38 for them, 15 shots. Not too many on target, but at least we're having more of a go. Dominant corners and I think just more sheared up in total. There is a couple of points where we were not so good on the ball, which we'll come to in a bit, but a bit more clinical with the finishing with, uh, like you say, Ice Ice Isaac. Should have done that. Ah, that's so <laughs> much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was one of those games. I was in the pub on Friday on St. Paddy's Day. They didn't put the television on because it was St. Patrick's Day. So Cunny and I were sat there on the table watching it on his phone, which wasn't ideal. <laughs> Motherfuckers. But anyway, it was one of them games where you just kind of have to pull your hair out, don't you? We were all over them, really. We were by far the better team. We were playing against about 16 men, weren't we? I don't know what point you want to bring in the refereeing, but... Do it now. Let's just go straight and do it, man. I've been absolutely chomping at the bit, man. Honestly, this is going to be such a release for me, but (laughs) I have never seen such a terrible display of refereeing and officiating in my 30 years on God's green earth. It was absolutely dreadful. From Paul Tierney, the referee, to the VAR team, I've never seen such a shocking bunch of decisions in my life. I mean, the referee very much set the tone for the game after John Joe went through Bruno about 14 times and didn't get booked. You got their Yates lad who should have been booked. I've never seen a referee give so many chances to an opposition team and not given them booked. And then he fucking turns around and books Dan Byrne for dissent. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it in <laughs> my life. Gray, what were your thoughts on the refereeing? I mean, just to mention that Dan Byrne isn't, that was actually one of the best decisions the officials made all game. The tone was set, I think, about two minutes in, and Shelby just absolutely half Bruno from behind. And it's just like, come on, if that's what they're coming out to do, you need to clamp down on that early. 
I'm a fan of the officials letting a tackle go here and there, but you can't just go through the back of someone three times in the first half and not even get spoken to. I think he got spoken to after the third one, but player safety and all that, you just can't do it. It's just disappointing to see. And disappointing from Shelby as well. He knew exactly what he was doing and he's just trying to get under our skin a bit. I don't understand it. And like you say, to book burn for what just saying what everyone else was probably thinking. Even some of the Forest players are like, are we actually getting away with some of this? Just nuts. But I'm not even going to mention the VAR incident yet. It's just a shit show from the start, wasn't it? I don't know if there will be any ramifications for that referee, Paul Tierney, but there certainly should be. And we should know what's going on in the minds and in the heads of these guys, like we do in rugby. There should be far more transparency. The decisions these guys make can have such huge impact on teams on professionals, people that train week in, week out to play their absolute hearts out, to be turned around by a middle-aged man running around the field with his bald little head and his cards in his pocket on a massive power trip. I think the arrogance of some of the referees in this league is unbelievable and there needs to be a proper shake-up in the system. I hate them so much. And it just so happens that most of the bad decisions go our way. And yes, as you say, Gray, we'll we'll come on to it in a bit because it deserves its own fucking section. I don't want this to detract from what was actually a great win away from home for the tune and gets us right back on track going into the international break. Let's talk about the good bits first. Hodgy, two more goals for Alexander Izak. Two very different goals. The first one was an absolutely fantastic finish. Do you want to talk us through that goal? <laughs> I mean, I think the words that were going around the pub were go-go gadget leg. How he's managed <laughs> to just completely dislocate his hip and then managed to get, get a shot away from a nice sort of cross. Oh man, just unreal. Like you can just see that he's just so creative in his mindset, like not just running with the ball, but the way that he can like feather a pass through a small area and just get a good little finish on, like just absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I can't say how good that finish was without, just can't. (laughs) It was amazing. It was our boy Will Aquino that put the ball in, had another good game in the absence of Joe Linton. One downside though, I feel in the run-up to that first half, with it being so frustrating, we missed a number of chances. We hit the bar twice and Willock pretty much missed an open goal. But you can forgive him for that, can't you, Gray, given his performance the rest of the game? Yeah, he's showed a bit of fight, I think, since coming back from injury. I think he was just lacking a little bit of something and just been unreal, hasn't he, since he's come. I mean, inexcusable, missing that chance, really. And it goes into him at a, at a fair rate, like... Yeah, it's good pace on the cross from Murphy, I think it was. And, but, I mean, he's a professional footballer. Only six yards out, surely, professional footballer. Miss the target. Although, I mean, a lot of our players are quite good at missing the target of six yards out. And I know someone on this podcast is very good at missing the goal from six yards out. Hodgy, but... can't believe you missed the goal <laughs> from six yards out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you know I'm now a prolific five-a-side footballer. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll move on. My finishing is okay, but it's nothing on Isaac's thing. Going back to that one, yeah, although Willock had another great game, he sets that goal up for Isaac. Isaac, Isaac, I still can't make my mind up on what the fuck it is. Let's go with Isaac. You're right, Hodge. The ball's behind him, and he somehow manages to get a shin on it and diverts it into the goal. I've not seen finishing like that in a very, very long time. And although, however good a servant Wilson's been, I can't imagine him finishing a goal like that. Can you, Hodge? No, I think Wilson's more of a very standard or traditional player. His creativity is not kind of on the level of what I think Isaac's is. With that, Wilson probably tries to throw a leg, but I don't think he has the ability to finish that off. He's more of a run-through on goal or have that kind of poacher's element of just floating about the six-yard box and making the right runs at the right time. I don't even think anyone else could have done that in our whole squad. 
Wilson's legs are going nowhere near that. I mean, look at the length of Isaac's legs. He's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. He's yeah. 80% leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he can yeah. run so fast, man. He's just like a gazelle. <laughs> just doesn't seem to be going too quick, but just ends up just absolutely motoring away. He's fantastic. It was really interesting listening to Isaac's post-match interview on Sky. It sounded like things weren't going the way Howard wanted them to, so he switched the players around. He put ASM up the middle, who it turns out have been carrying a bit of an injury or a bit of a knock, and put Isaac on the left which obviously then puts him in that position, coming in from the left to finish that ball. So obviously huge shout out to Eddie Howe and his tactical genius once again. But it's so good to have a player who is as versatile as he's at, can play on the left, can play up the middle. You know he's going to be a danger and he's going to be a threat wherever he is. He's got great feet, he's got great pace. He was absolutely electric and very much carried that game on Friday evening. Very, very pleased with him. I mean, that was very much in the run of play. What was against the run of play was Forrest's goal. So Forrest opened the scoring through, was it Emmanuel Dennis? Who? Yep, it was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who, who the fuck's that? Watford legend, I think, wasn't he? He scored a lot of goals there, didn't he? He did, but it comes from a mistake from someone who's been Mr. Reliable all season, Sven Botman. You have to allow him one of those mistakes every once in a while, as long as it doesn't cost you the match. But, I mean, we all know he should be doing better with that, don't we, Hodge? You should just be clearing it. It's not really the way that we've been trying to play it. It's been more like, yes, but let's pass it back to Pope for him to punt it a bit longer. And if he kicks out further at the field, it's a better position for us than putting it out five yards from the corner flag. But I think with that one, if you watch the replay, he doesn't look up at all. He's just thought, oh, simple as, and it actually becomes a pretty poor back pass from him. Under a little bit of pressure, but it's nothing that he can't handle. So I'm really disappointed him in there. But props to Dennis, to be fair. like He came flying in, anticipated a crap pass. And his finish was better. Like you can't, you can't knock the kid for that. Like he's taken his chance very, very well. No wonder we were interested in back when he was at Watford and they were going down. Uh, it's been shit apart from that, though. Of course, <laughs> Gray. Obviously, it was a poor back pass to give the ball to Dennis. But do you think there's an opportunity for us to prevent the goal from that point onwards? Is there anything Nick Pope could be doing? I kind of had a feeling that Pope he could have come out and just cleared it, but he dilly dallied a little bit, and then obviously Dennis finishes it. I think that Pope hesitancy comes down to the last two games that he played, obviously against Liverpool, where he came out and we all know what happened there. Against Wolves as well, a very similar situation with a poor back pass, I think it was, and he came out and miscontrolled it and ended up taking Jimenez out. And we probably quite, quite fortunate not to concede a penalty there. Uh, so I think possibly that played into some of his minds and just thinking, oh God, I can't deal with another mistake, like three mistakes, three games. And all of a sudden, Depravka is licking his lips and is ready to go. But yeah, I think for me, we're one nil up. We just don't need to take that risk. And like Hodge says, like, it didn't look like he looked around. And I think got to remember, Botman's still a young player. Was he twenty one? May have just turned twenty two. He's still a young player, and he's going to have the odd mistake in him. Uh, like you say, fortunately, didn't cost us the game, and he's only going to learn from an incident like that. And for me, it's only positive, and he'll only be more aware next time he's in a similar position. So, well, um, we can say that knowing now that it didn't cost us the game, um, but not exactly the performance or the mistake you want to be putting in, having just been called up to the Netherlands squad. But yes, thankfully, as I say, that wasn't the deciding moment in the game. That came later on, but there could have been another deciding moment. We're licking our lips here. We're chomping at the bit. This is when the dreaded VAR decision comes into play. So at half time, now we know in hindsight that ASM was carrying an injury. Elliot Anderson comes on and is deployed on that left-hand side. I thought he had a very good half, by the way. ASM did absolutely nothing in the first. Actually, I think he maybe contributed to the run-up to the goal in the first half. 
but apart from that was very, very quiet. Anderson comes on and has a very, very interesting second half. Good play in the box from our main man, Alexander Izak. Jinks it around, plays around with it, and then he puts a great cross into the back post for Elliot Anderson to finish it. I mean, Gray, can you just talk us through the events from that point onward? That bit of skill by Izak, just to get that ball under control and to put that cross in on a plate for Anderson. And it was, and it was a great finish as well with his head. But after that, it was just a mess, wasn't it? Yes, yes, I understand VAR getting involved to check an offside like they should in every goal. The ball gets played in by Longstaff to Izak. As Izak takes a shot, Longstaff is offside, but the shot is blocked by one of the Forest players, which is the initial contact by a Forest player who has played the ball. Then it is attempted to be cleared by another Forest player. The clearance hits Longstaff and rebounds back to Izak who then crosses it in and results in a goal. The officials get involved. The referee gives the goal. But then VAR obviously disagree because of Longstaff's positioning as the initial shot came in, regardless of the fact that two Forest players have actually interacted with the ball in that time and have purposely played the ball. For me, for me is very, again, poor officiating by the on-field referee, just stiffly going to have a bit of balls and say, no, my initial decision is correct. You just come out and explain your decision. That's all we want is someone to come out and explain why that goal was offside. Yeah, it's absolutely a shocking decision. You mentioned it was blocked by a Forest player. That's where the controversy comes in. If it had been blocked initially, then yes, it would have been offside, but the defender makes a very clear movement to clear the ball. He goes for it. He clears the ball. I think it's Felipe, their centre-half. Felipe, yeah. Yeah, he clears it very intentionally. It bounces off another Forest player and then lands with our mate Longstaff. It's... You're totally right. The ref should stick to his guns. He gives it. From that point on, it felt like Forrest slowed the game down to give the referee the option to go and look at it. And when you know, as soon as he's running up to that little screen, the outcome's inevitable and they're going to rule it out. Otherwise, why look at the screen? I've never seen them go up to that screen and stick with their fucking decision, ever. So you knew it was inevitable from that point onwards. It was just a joke, wasn't it, Hodge? The, The thing that really annoys me is the showed stills. And if you look at the stills where Felipe comes in, the ball looks like it's going straight along staff without getting touched, which I think is what the referee thinks. But then I think it's Serge Aurier, I think, is the one who actually clears it off Longstaff, which then goes back to Isaac. So there's, like you say, two clear attempts to play the ball. One is to clear the ball out of play. He just doesn't manage to get a hold of it properly, which is his fault. Serge Aurier then goes to clear the ball, which then hits Longstaff, like I say, and back into play. So I just, I really don't understand what's been gone through. And like we've said many, many a times, there needs to be some sort of clear communication that comes through on TV because it leaves fans very angry and frustrated because they haven't been given a reason why. And nine times out of 10, you'd be able to probably take the pill and be like, okay, yeah, right, fine, I get that. But this time would have been clear as day. No one would have fucking agreed with what they had put onto the decision making. But I just, it really, 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 really pissed me off, that one. Yeah. Like, it's clear as day. The referee should know what the crack is there. And that's just very, very poor refereeing. Yeah, it's up there with that Crystal Palace VAR decision for me. You know, when the Palace player pushes Willock into the keeper or something yeah, and somehow yeah, 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 gives yeah. it away. Yeah. Uh, fucking, that's twice now in recent history that have been absolutely done. And they're just the two instances that really stick out to me. And in my mind, absolutely shocking decision, like. 
I was really hoping this would be some kind of therapy session, but it, um, it's actually... This is a safe space, Will. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fucking me off more, if anything. But as I say, it wasn't the deciding factor in the game. If it had been, there would have been riots on the fucking street, but thankfully not. Before we move on, actually, can I just say how gutted I am for Elliot Anderson? His opportunity to get his first Premier League goal is ruled out. What a header. What a header, right in front of all the fucking Toon fans as well. That's absolute dream territory for a local lad. And Paul Tierney, the little rat, fucking decides to <laughs> deprive him of that moment. This is what I mean by like the impact they have. Yes, he'll pick himself up, he'll dust himself down, he'll move on. As Gray would say, he's a professional footballer. But he could have been a professional footballer with his first goal. Hopefully the first of many. Yeah. And he's deprived by someone in any other world would probably be like an IT manager or a traveling salesman. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I kind of get my head around it. And more to the point, these referees have never probably played a, a fucking game of football in their lives. That's what winds me up even more. Ooh, right. And breathe. Thank you. Thanks very much. Anyway, we'll push on because there is one more big moment to talk about in the match, and that is the winning moment. Lots to talk about. Correct decision for the penalty in the end, I think. It was a handball off one of their 5,000 centre-halves they have. Don't even know their name, but yes, it's a handball, correctly given, and time for a penalty. A 93rd minute penalty. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, I mean, Gray, fairly briefly, do you want to talk us through the run-up to it and the mind games at play? I don't think I've actually remember seeing something like this happen before where Trippier is straight over to the ball and picks it up and is stood there on the penalty spot. And he's surrounded by Forest players. Inter- interestingly, though, the goalkeeper isn't there. The goalkeeper's actually chatting to Isaac. So obviously the goalkeeper must have had some inkling that Isaac was going to take it. But then when Trippier almost acts to go line up, like to put the ball down, but doesn't actually put it down, the goalkeeper comes over and has a few words who then gets booked. And yeah, this is when the the referee gets John Joe got booked as well. Yeah, which which somehow he hadn't been booked before in the game. And yeah, Trippier obviously takes the brunt of probably a lot of the abuse from the Forest players trying to get in his head and things like that and just very calmly stands there and just as the referee books a goalkeeper and tells him to get back on his line, he just steps back, hands the ball to Isaac, who comes down. Do you see he even had Sky Sports fooled? Yeah. Because uh, they were like showing up Trippier's previous two penalties. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see how that one was scored. <laughs> <laughs> he scored one, which missed the goal, which I found incredible, Sky Sports. 
Yeah, the, the yellow ones. So yeah, the yellow the ones outside was a goal. the goal. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. But he had them fooled. Can you imagine them working away in the background going, fuck, fuck we weren't <laughs> yeah, expecting yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> quickly, quickly. <laughs> They've just missed it on the map, haven't they? Eddie Howe came up on his uh, post-match interview on Sky and just said, yeah, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea why Chippy <laughs> had the ball. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, the players handled it there. That's and our captain, man. Yeah, I mean, Isaac comes, just puts the ball down and within seconds it's just buried and it was and I think a player in his form is at seven goals and ten Premier League appearances. Yeah these, I think so. which is an unbelievable return. Yeah, I mean mind games at play, it's the dark arts of football Hodgie, Kieran Trippier with his little smirk on his face, absorbing everything. As Gray said, he didn't have Kalor Navas fooled, but he seemed to have everyone else in the ground fooled. It takes some balls for a ninety third minute penalty, thankfully in front of your own fans, but to put that one away, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the pressure would have been just as big either kind of way, I suppose. But really, really well taken. He just waits for the keeper to take that step to the side and just goes, right, I'll put it on the other end. Like, easy as, cool as you like. Even if Trippier was going to actually take it, I still would have felt confident in himself. But when Isaac's on form like that and, and how he's been playing has been great. I think it's, is it 10 games, seven starts, six goals? He's got their second best goals per minute in the Premier League against anyone next to Haaland, who's on like 73 minutes just because he's an absolute beast. Yeah, I think to have him take it was right in the moment. Like I say, how he's playing is just, it's been class. And I think he's got a couple more starts in him before we even think about Wilson coming back. I mean, it just didn't seem to even phase him at all. He just seems like the coolest customer. Scoring comes absolutely naturally to him. He can do it all over the place. He can score with his head. He's proved that. He can score with his shin. He's proved that. (laughs) (laughs) And he can score from the spot. I mean, we've got a real real talent on our hands here and it could prove to be one of the best signings I think we've probably ever made. 64 million quid, a lot of questions I think asked. Obviously done a great job in Spain with Real Sociedad, but now he's over here proving himself as Hodgie says. So yes, let's see what the future holds. And Eddie Howe is still saying that he's not fully fit, which scares me. But there's also another side of me which is like, please don't be that good. Please don't be that good because then <laughs> someone else is just going to want to buy you. <laughs> um, if we bought him for 64 million quid, I would be scared to think what money we could get from him. Not that that's even crossed my mind at this stage, Hodge. We'll probably touch it on and more into the next kind of episode when there's the international break or even further uh, towards the end of the season when we're talking about contract renewals and, and who's in and who's out. But I think to ward people off, I think it's going to be really prime for us to really start. I mean, we already have been starting like kind of handing out contracts, extensions, and and having that talk but just to solidify it all like I think Isaac's enjoying his football here I think Bruno's enjoying his football here Mm -hmm. I think even Botman all these new players that we've got in who have made a change you can see it in how they play they really believe in the system and I just hope that everyone else that comes in does want to play for that and also it helps just ward off anyone coming in with silly offers of money where they can want to come in and enjoy the football and play rather than potentially going to Real Madrid and sitting on the bench for two-thirds of a season well, does this not highlight the importance of us getting into that top four? I mean, we're going to have to really, really work hard to get into that top four to keep a hold of the talent that we've got on our books at the minute. We've got a great spine in that team, going up from Pope, Botman, Bruno and Isaac. Obviously, you can throw in other great figures like Trippier, but we've got the startings of a great team there. But I have a fear that we're going to need some European football to keep them on the books and keep them with the squad moving into the next season. What do you think, Gray? Yeah, and you just touched on a player who I think is selling the club extremely well at the minute, and that's Trippier. 
and he came out the other day and said that he's never experienced a dressing room like he has done here at Newcastle United. And obviously he heaped a huge amount of praise on Eddie Howe for that and just how he's kept the heads of all our players very, very level. There doesn't seem to be any egos. We've recruited extremely smartly. And yeah, I mean, once we get into Europe, hopefully their heads won't be turned. But I honestly, even if we finish fifth or sixth and miss out on that Champions League spot and end up in Europe, even if we say somehow have a catastrophic finish to the end of the season, finish eighth and ninth and miss out in Europe altogether. I think these players are still, they're on board. They're, they're ready for this ride. And I just really, really hope we continue to recruit in the way we have. I think if we do get into Europe, we're going to have to recruit in some numbers just to have a competitive squad. But I hope to God we don't sign any Aubameyangs or super egos who are just going to cause more disruption or more harm than good. I think we can trust in the system now, though, can't we? They've recruited really well, and I hope they will continue to do so in a sensible way, bringing in players who hold a lot of value, but are superstars in the making. There's only so many diamonds in the rough you can find. You just have to hope that our new look scouting team can go out and do it. That's enough about new talent, the new players. One servant who continues to perform well, we feel. Hodges just highlighted it on the WhatsApp chat. Jacob Murphy had another good game, Hodge. Yeah, I think Mr. Consistency has just stepped his game up I think you only got given a 7 out of 10 rating, whereas I think he was probably more past the 8 mark personally, as well as a couple of other people on our team as well. I just don't know what you can ask more for him to do, which is just play as the team and just really, really work hard, which is what he does. The only thing is uh, his finishing has never been the best. I hope he's been working (laughs) on that when he gets the next opportunity to bury something he does. But he's definitely come a long way. And even having him as, as potentially a backup next season, because we've got better players in, if he continues having that consistency, what a backup player he would be as well. And I think he would probably appreciate being using the team in that kind of role. Yes, he's proved himself to be a good Premier League player. And as you say, he's waited his time. He is reliable. And as you say, I totally agree. I think he's really stepped up his quality this season as well. Probably the effect of our man, Eddie. But yeah, on Murphy, his form is really important at the minute, given our injury situation. We've gone from being in quite a comfortable position to now being in a position, depending on the outcome of ASM's knock, of having Gordon, Almiron and ASM all on the sidelines. I mean, there couldn't be a better time going into the international break for them to happen, but we can only kind of hope that we come out of the international break with a few of those players available, because I feel like we're going to need them on the charge for Champions League football. One plus side, Joe Linton has now served his two-match suspension and will be due to come back after international break. He's probably going to struggle to get back into that team. I really don't know. I think with maybe his ASM potentially having a problem, you can push Willock maybe wider and then you can have Joe Linton slip straight back in and play one of the more central roles. So it depends what Eddie does because he not necessarily brings people back straight away. I mean, obviously Joe Linton's been playing great and he's been with the club for a while, but what we've seen in the past is he plays players when he feels they're ready. He doesn't necessarily rush people back in. And obviously Joe Linton would have been training. He's not been injured. He's been fit. So I'm sure he'll be chomping at the bit to get back into this team. And I would probably see him getting played, to be honest. I don't see him get, uh, missing out any time. Yeah, that was maybe slightly antagonistic of me, but I agree. I think Willock or Willockino is really good when deployed on that left-hand side. So I think if ASM is out, as you say, I would have no problem pushing Willock up on the left-hand side and bringing Joe into that central midfield. And then I think we're pretty much at a full-strength team or a team that's really going to push on and do good things. 
Yes, going into the international break, we've had another injury. Not mentioned him yet, but Nick Pope has, I think, withdrawn from the England squad, which is a real shame for him. But he seems to have come away from the Forest game with an injury. But no bad thing if he can be super fresh for Man United on the 2nd of April. And another Newcastle old boy's been called up in his position, Fraser Forster. He's had to save a fair few goals at Tottenham over the last few weeks. But anyway, that pretty much rounds us up. Obviously, an episode and a game full of controversy full of good things from Alexander Isak and a really, really battling performance away from home for Newcastle to come away with all three points and push us back firmly into fifth position. So we come back against Man United on the 2nd of April after the international break. Man United currently sitting in third position, three points ahead of us. So a massive game, a massive, massive game, which of course, Casemiro, the scourge of the, the Carabao Cup final will be unavailable for that game and we'll have Big Joe back. So fingers crossed for that one. I think that pretty much rounds us up this week. Don't have to do the socials now, given that I did them at the beginning. Thank you, Hodgson. <laughs> we'll probably aim to release another one in the international break to keep us going, but that just about does it for this week. So thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.